Hello, welcome to the Group Therapy Podcast. Today we have Paul Taylor, the uh, uh, the, the man who was able to pick up the, the role of Pinhead and make it his own. Yeah. Uh, that's got to be hard. Well, it was a mixed, you know. It was mixed, you know. And if you if by hard you mean pleasing the fans. Yeah, 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 yeah. The original. Yeah. Well, that, that was tough. That was something I just had to sort of get over, though. And I, going into the role, I knew that I did have to honor what came before me. Wow, isn't it nice that he's on his microphone? Yeah, it, it never fails. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so that that was a challenge up here. Yeah. Well, once I decided that this is a script, this is a role, I'm going to do it as much my way as I can knowing that I had to honor what came before, if I had more freedom to just not to not even care about what came before, that would have been, I could have created something that was more me, was, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was more original. But um, I didn't really have that freedom, but it was a, it was all a blessing, it was just a blessing, because Pinhead has always been my favorite 80s horror icon, from 1987, yeah. when the first movie came out. It just so... To get to play him, to get a text from my friend who I'd known for many, many years saying, congratulations on your instant cult status. It was like, it was really, it was really very cool. Well, and, and, and you have the, 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 the I mean, I talked to the, with uh, Gary, and you have the head shape and everything to do a well, a really good pinhead. <laughs> yep. Excuse me. Oh, my God. Cucumbers. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you, you, you. thank you. <laughs> um, I think a big reason I got the part, besides giving a fabulous audition, was that he knew I would look good in the makeup and a <laughs> I love that noise. You love that noise as much as I do? <laughs> I think they're done. Yep, maybe. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So anyway, uh, waka, waka, waka. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, the, okay. Uh, uh, getting into the role, be, uh, being able to uh, uh, the makeup of Pinhead, the the, the body and the, the shape and, and yes, I think that he knew I would look a, a, a lot like uh, Doug Bradley in the makeup as well. Yeah. Because they weren't exactly making it a big public announcement that we're doing a new Hellraiser and it's not Doug Bradley. Yeah. That just sort of. Stare around that. And like the fans are like, it's going to suck because it's not Doug Bradley. Mm. There's some pressure. More well, pressure. The, 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 you had Doug Bradley, you had the other guy, and then you. I did have the other guy. Yes. So you had him to kind of be a speed bump, I guess. <laughs> to, to, I to am slow. not going to comment on that. <laughs> it's not for me to say. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you, you pulled it off, you did a good job at it, and, you know, you made it your Thank own. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, it's like, it was such a gift. It's yeah. just a freaking gift. I got to be, I got to play a Hollywood monster. Yeah. And as a kid growing up, Halloween was the best thing in the world. You know, I loved all the, I loved the Dark Shadows, the Monsters, Trilogy of Terror, all oh. of it. You know, everything that I saw earlier, Jaws, The Exorcist, all of it when I was a kid. It was like, all I want is to be a monster. You got to be the monster you wanted to be. Oh my god! And and, and other roles that you've done, what is is Pinhead been the one that really stood out for you? Is that the because you, I mean you you're well, known. Yeah, I mean for obvious reasons, it's the biggest. Yeah, the biggest like ah, he played Pinhead. 
There have been other roles I've played since then in film that have been um, larger roles, actually, as far as the story of the movie goes, like starring roles that I'm so excited about that haven't come out yet that I just shot like within the last year. And it's nice that that's that's happening now for me. And I'm, I'm forming relationships with more and more filmmakers that don't even, they require an audition, but they mostly are just like, hey, I got this role you'd be great for, and read the script and tell me what you think. That's, I mean, that's music to an actor's ears, rather than just like your agent going, here's an audition, go tape it, you know? Yeah. And how many other people are taping for this? You know, it's a tough, a tough business. Well, I, I, you're you're in uh, uh, you're in Sin City. I know. It's my first movie. Yeah, that's amazing. And how was that work? Because that's all that's all green screen. Yeah, it was really it was really weird. And I'd never been in that big of a movie before. I'd never well, I'd really never done a real movie before. I'd only done some independent stuff in New York that was really crappy. But um, that I don't speak of because I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> I really don't. I'm not even going to try to remember it. Anyway, because <laughs> then I'll get distracted and I'll forget what I was saying again. So, which I just did. No, uh, green screen. Green screen. I walk into this studio that Robert Rodriguez has built, Troublemaker Studios, Studios. down in Austin, because he does things his way. Yep. You know these things. Oh yeah. And and it's green. It's all green screen, and all these little worker bees running around doing their thing because it's a because it's a movie studio. I'm like, wow, this is just amazing. But it's kind of funny. I just think that when I auditioned for the role, my agent was like, hey, you want to go down to Austin and audition for a Robert Rodriguez film? And all I knew was uh, Dark to day, Daylight. What's the vampire movie? Uh, uh, from Dust to Dawn. Dust to Dawn. Yeah. Which I love so much. And I'm like, of course I do. So I went down there and I and uh, I think that I auditioned for the casting director, and, but I didn't meet him yet. But then I came back for a call back and I met him. I think, I don't know. I have no reason to think this, but I just think, and I say this because I think it's amusing as well, but I just say, I think he probably met me, and this also relates to the kind of roles I've played since then, I think he met me and was like, yeah, I'd like to beat this guy up. <laughs> I, think there are many, I think there are many Pinhead fans, Doug Bradley fans, who'd like to beat me up too. For the same reason, I mean, I'm like this kind of a privileged white male type. That's what I am, you know? I'm the, and I'm, uh, and, and I've met a lot of assholes in my, you know, like middle management or higher, like lawyers and stuff like that. And people you just want to hurt because they're just, they got this power. It's like, and they're dicks about it. But I love playing roles like that. Because you can, it's almost being parody because you can make fun of those guys. That I make fun of them by playing them. them. Yes, exactly. Because I hate those people. But, you know, people don't know that. No. They think I'm one of them. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. very good. Yeah. It's, it's acting. It's, 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 it, you're like, oh, I've been typecast as that asshole white guy. I'm <laughs> such a childlike nerd. You wouldn't even, I mean, I'm just, I'm a clown. But, you know. Oh, my God. See, I, I, I would never even be able to be on a set with Robert Rodriguez because that would be the one, there's like a handful of people that would be like, kind of my mind. And he was the coolest because... I come in and he's just sitting on his director's chair with his guitar. They usher me to over where he is with the with the, um, with the monitors, and he's like, "Come here, I want to show you something." And he's like, do, 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 do. "See this thing? You come in, you're gonna like do this, and la 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 la." Like, 
<laughs> coolest individual I've ever met. <laughs> and he does it his way. Yeah. I mean, he quit the director's guild because he wanted Frank Miller to be a co-director and they wouldn't let him because he wasn't in the director's guild. It's like, do it my way. Yeah. And, it, it's and that's just, that's called integrity. Yeah. When you, when you do it your way, you want to do it your way, you treat people the way you want to treat them. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's all about. He's like fuck that. Yeah, yeah. And life's too short. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Follow the rules. Ah, uh, um, what what's some of the rules? Oh, you I got? thought oh, you were. Uh, but before we nice, yeah, yeah, have an idea. Uh, what, what's some of the what's some projects you got on uh, on horizons? The most exciting one to me is called. Well, actually, I can't say that. There are two of them actually. Three. <laughs> and you can't get the names for any of them. No, I can. I can talk about okay. all of them in no particular order. Um, the largest role that I have played in my life is in a movie called Neon Cactus. And the role was written for me, and um, it was super low budget. It doesn't matter because it was just, it was a micro crew. But it's a character driven script, and I got to play this fantastic character, Stanley Cooper, who uh, owns a key shop. And he's a, he's, a, he, he's a Yankee living in Texas, and he's like a fish out of water. There's these huge glasses that eye distorting lenses. Like, I had to wear contact lenses with them so that I could see, but I still ran into things. So we just made a part of Stanley's character that he was clumped, a klutz. Because the first day I saw it wearing the glasses, I was like, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. But um, but then he gets involved with the wrong people, and it's kind of a noir thing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's crime. It's basically crime crime drama with a little bit of comedy because it's just inherently funny mm -hmm. uh, the situation and the way Stanley handles things. But uh, so he gets involved with this crime sort of a crime boss who runs the Neon Cactus, and then he gets involved with there's guns and money and and you know and and murder and you know kill my wife kill my husband don't don't do that I changed my mind blah 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 I'm still gonna kill your wife oh no so it, but by the end of the movie Stanley has to toughen up and become sort of gangster himself and that was so much fun to play that and just at the end of the movie I just was like walking down the hall the hallway that's like lit in neon and just I put on and taking care of business it was just so cool to get to do that to go from unsuspecting Stanley, we don't know, he's kind of dweeb, we don't know what's going on, to by the end of the movie, he's like, being the badass. So, I'm really excited about that one. It's called Neon Cactus, it will come out soon, we just got distribution. It's going to be on like all the streaming platforms. Um, and if you follow me on IMDb or my Instagram, which is the real Paul T. Taylor, but IMDb, you know, Internet Movie Database, that's where it lists all of them. Um, I'm also going to be in a uh, sequel to the Friday the 13th fan film Vengeance, and this one's called Vengeance uh, Bloodlines Vengeance 2. CJ Graham is in it again, and uh, and Jason Brooks plays Jason, and he's a great guy. I met him at a convention several years ago in Kansas, in any of all places, and we hit it off. She said, "You want to come up to Seattle to shoot this film?" And I, I like in the opening sequence, I'm in the search and rescue team. The lead in the search and rescue team. We did a little pinhead puzzle book. Maybe there's an Easter egg in there, which is kind of fun. But uh, so that's going to be coming out very soon. Like they're selling tickets to the premiere right now. I don't know where. I think it's in Seattle, but it will eventually be, you know, yeah, online and stuff. Yep. Um, and then there's also there's a, I'm going to this in 
it's October or November. It's the premiere of Butcher's Bluff, which is an 80s slasher um, sort of tribute film with a with a, a, a kid who was bullied. He was bullied as a kid, now he's an adult. He was heavy, and so people made fun of him. He was different. So now he's got his homemade hawk mask and overalls and a hatchet. And you, you know, don't I play the Texas sheriff who knows the secrets, but he's not the good guy. He's like, you don't go out in them woods, nothing out there but death. And so, you kids are making it. Documentary, you're idiots. So, anyway, but I'm set up with a sequel for that. So. Nice. And then one more. Uh, it's called Andromeda. It's a sci-fi. Um, I don't know where it's playing, but I know I've seen it at a, at a, at a private screening. And at the private screening, they told us that um, there's the, the company wants a sequel. So that's good. But I, it's a sci-fi where I play a brilliant scientist, and that's really different for me. And the sci-fi thing is different. It's my first sci-fi movie ever. Cool. Unless you call Hellraiser sci-fi, which it kind of is. But um, it's nice, and there's a lot of CGI in this because it's alien. There's an alien. Spaceships and stuff, but I'm the brilliant man who created all this stuff and the weapons and stuff. So that pretty cool. I don't know yeah, yeah. people like that, but I love sci-fi. So, so that's called Andromeda. So got a lot going on. Yeah. There's some stuff in the future too that I don't talk about because you know who knows until they actually t- 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 until t- you sign a contract. Yes. Until you're on the set, actually. So, yeah. yeah. I, I was talking to Gary. He's like, you don't know. You, you're way into produ- pre-production. The next thing you know, they're like, nope, it's not gonna happen. Nope. nope. We got the cast. Meanwhile, I just auditioned and get five percent of what I auditioned for. Just like most actors. Yeah. Most of the time, it's just a life of rejection. And uh, if you're lucky, you get to play Pinhead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At least once in your life, huh? It's, yeah. yeah. Um, any any other horror icons you'd like to? To, to, to maybe work with or beside like you're being with Jason in the uh, yeah yeah uh, uh, um, you know I'd really I would love to work with um, uh, <laughs> oh hell I can't remember his name he's a director and he directed directed the hallow I, I'm right now. I'm just Corin Hardy. Yeah, I think Corin Hardy's freaking brilliant. And when I saw the Hallows and those puppets that he's been working on since he was a kid, and read his story of how much he's into it and how much he loves it, I said the man is brilliant. And uh, I love and he, and he directed one of the one of the Annabelle films too. I'm not sure which one. I don't remember. I think one of the, the Witch. Sorry, I'm spacing on that. Um, Corn Hardy, I would, you know, I would love to work with Doug Bradley and, and when they do the Scarlet Gospels. Yeah. Doug can play Pinhead. Okay, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Like, I'm giving my permission. Yeah, I give And I can play, like, some other demon. Yeah, this There's extra a lot of I... demons in that. Yeah, in that yeah. Story. I wanted to play, I wanted to play the derelict. I wanted to play the derelict, David Bruckner. I wanted to play the derelict in your new Hellraiser. They didn't call me. <laughs> it would have made sense. I was homeless at the end of Hellraiser Judgment. Perfect. Now yeah. I'm a derelict, and I'm going to eat the crickets off of my hand. There you Locus, go. Whatever they're, they're there you go. Um, you know, Robert England comes to mind, but that's only really because I'd like to play Freddy. But you know how many people would kill me yeah, if right. I even tried? Yeah, because we all know, I mean, Jackie Romo Haley's 
a we great actor. Well, that way. He's a and, brilliant actor. But I can't even not award nominated actor. Yeah. And he's brilliant. But he is not Freddy Krueger. It was a different script. It was yeah. a script. Yeah, yeah. It was not the Freddy Krueger that we're accustomed no, to. No, no. And then, uh, what was it? They said, uh, uh, Kevin Bacon got Robert Englund's, uh praise to play Freddy Krueger if they ever do another Freddy Krueger movie. Kevin Bacon would be great. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's got that sense of humor. I, I, at first, I was like, he's got the darkness. He'd be great. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he's a big star. Yes, yeah, so he's a big that star. Makes yeah. a difference <laughs> with Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. they're not gonna call me. But, <laughs> I mean, not, but you know. Also, I want to be in the sequel to Trick or Treat because I love that little movie. Oh my gosh! So I good. love those kids in the school bus. Those little zombie kids. Oh my god! D- d- and Rhonda. And it just you know. The fact that we haven't got a sequel to that is almost it's it's, it's neglect. I don't understand. <laughs> it's four independent stories. All you need is you need to bring back Sam yeah. and Rhonda, and that's all. Yeah. Nobody else. Yeah. All new stories. I'm, I'm sure someone's working well, on that. Well, he's he's supposedly because evidently there was supposed to be a scene uh, in the Krampus because that's all the same universe with Krampus and Sam, Sam? and Krampus. Yeah. And I don't know whatever happened to it. Yeah. Because if you watch. Uh, Go watch the deleted things, Krampus. When the kid dumps out his, his Halloween candy because they're all trying to find stuff to eat, the sucker. The sucker. That's yeah. Perfect. What a great Easter egg. Yeah. It's no, in I, there. I will watch that. I have it on Blu-ray. Yep. Because my friend Allison Tolman is in that. I worked with her doing theater in Dallas before she moved to Chicago and then got in Fargo and got Emmy nominated for Fargo. <laughs> and then then she did the movie Krampus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll have to watch this. this like, special. Go, go, go look at the deleted yeah. scenes. Yeah. You'll find that little scene. But no, there was supposed to be a scene where there's uh, the Krampus and Sam were supposed to be like acknowledging each other and kind of going. Sam needs to be in every movie. Just as a, as an Easter egg just, and every, just always be there in the, in the or periphery. just the sun. Or yeah. the, the, the chocolate. Bar. The, the, yeah, the, the chocolate bar. razor bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So, I'm sure there are many others I'd really like to work with but right now. I probably need to get back to the Yeah, yeah, I'll let you get back to your table, sir. Thank you so that much. Line. Wow, it's like a line of done. I've seen a lot of people walk Fuck by and stop. Yep. Can uh, you tell people to watch Group Therapy Podcast? To watch what? To watch the Group Therapy Podcast? I'm doing the Group Therapy Podcast? No. no. <laughs> I'm out of here. Watch... Listen, I put on my glasses so I can be very serious with you. Watch the group therapy podcast. Because this is Paul T. Taylor. And I played Pinhead once. And so you should listen to me. Definitely. Thank you, sir. Thank you so very much. Thank you. It's my pleasure. This was fun. It's very dark. I'm just curious. What do you see? You think you're too close to this case? Jesus Christ. It's 
him. What on earth is this place? It isn't. Welcome to today's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. Today we have the American Werewolf in London himself, David Naughton. Oh man, uh, it's been cool. I read across from us today at the show. Uh, it's fun. Um, I, I I know you probably you hear it a thousand million times, but I I love the American Werewolf in London. I probably watched it when I was way too young to be watching it. Yeah, I, I find that uh, at the show. It's a lot of the. Uh, Parents bring their kids, and the kids are so young they haven't seen this movie. Yeah, and I go, you know, there was a rating back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, um, I'm the worst part about it is I know my kids watched it, but I wasn't one of the ones that like they probably went and watched it later sure. by themselves. But um, you know, that is an iconic role. It has been, you know, forty plus years. And it's, yeah, it's forty-one. Forty-one. And uh, how does it feel to be? connected to that for, for well yeah I had no idea that you know I had a whole uh, career ahead of me in terms of uh, doing personal appearances for <laughs> for this film uh, we knew at the time that it was kind of special I mean John Landis had a heck of a track record with uh, his successful films uh, and so we knew we were in good company but we had no idea that it would be received uh, in a way that initially was it wasn't like a runaway hit yeah no it was a, just sort of a slow growing uh, appreciated movie over the years yeah and that happens a lot with a lot of the 80s horror man that that first initial wave isn't the big one and then that second wave just yeah it just seems to build I think it's you know word of mouth was a big yeah uh, you know advantage for this film hey Rachel let me just say hi I'll, I'll be there in a minute yep um and uh, I, I know this is bad. We we're sitting here talking about somebody goes. Well, he's the he's the Dr. Pepper guy. Yeah, that was a quite a uh, you know one of those things that I, I can remember. I was working in a restaurant, of course, as many actors do, starting out. And uh, I got a chance to go to an audition. When I went to it, I went, "What am I doing here?" There were all these guys in New York, professional dancers, auditioning for this thing, and there were probably 400 guys there uh, over the first couple of days of auditioning so I just went for the for the laugh and lo and behold got a call back and one thing led to another and found myself booked on these uh, these commercials which initially were three three uh, commercials at a 22 day shoot if you can imagine yeah it was like making a film you know yeah, yeah. Uh, for for what was two minutes of film. yeah so uh, yeah that that started a whole uh, another section of, of my life where I got to, you know, 
quit my job in the restaurant and become an actor full time. <laughs> did, did you, when you, when you first did American World from London, did you think you were like, man, that's, I'm going to be a horror movie guy? Uh, or just, well, no, you know, I was really drawn to it because of the role itself, which yeah. I thought was a well-written script um, and had an interesting part. And I always looked at the characters, not, you know, something supernatural, but more or less just a guy with a problem yeah, yeah. and a, something that he was that was inescapable and, and playing it for that in, in as real a way as I could. Now when it came time to the makeup, I mean who knew uh, what that was going to be like and I had no, uh, no idea what a uh, genius Rick Baker was going to be. And uh, he went on to, to receive his first Oscar. For that. Yeah, he, he didn't. He hadn't hadn't become Rick Baker yet. No, he that's was, right. He was just Rick Baker. Yeah, his yeah cards, Rick Baker. His little card said Rick Baker, Monster Baker. Yep. yep. And oh. uh, and he was. And, and it probably didn't hurt that you had had a, a, a very beautiful co-star. Yeah. Yes, Griffin Dunn is uh, really something else. Oh, you mean Jenny? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Jenny. Yeah, Jenny Agutter uh, oh. was. Uh, and is a terrific actress, and uh, she was a real good sport to be on board with uh, all these guys who were hanging out in London making this crazy movie. Yeah. Um, now, how long were you in London for when you filmed that? Gosh, it's probably about 10 weeks of shooting. Uh, you know, in February, March, uh, and parts of April uh, in 1981. Cold time in winter. Cold time in winter when you have you running, running around, you know, in the woods, <laughs> and in the zoo, and other places. <laughs> I, I always wondered about the zoo shot. Was that was that you got your permits and all that stuff back then? Well, you know, you can you, you you would get a certain length of time to shoot. Mm -hmm. But then I I remember saying to the guys going, Hey, why do we have all these extras over there? You know, and they go, Well, those aren't extras. The zoo's open, so we we had over you know stayed our welcome, but we still had scenes to shoot. So there I was, uh, amidst the, the patrons. Yeah, and we just parked zoo. Yeah. Um, well, outside of uh, American Wolf London, what, what has been your favorite part? What's your favorite well, the Dr. Pepper stuff was really great. You know, we traveled all over uh, the U.S. shooting these commercials, casting locally. Um, that, those were really quite fun and musical spots. I enjoyed that. Um, this was fun, American World, with the exception of once we got into the makeup. Yeah. That became a, a, a bit of an ordeal. But, um, you know, I've just I've had a fun, interesting career. Uh, I'm happy to be still uh, promoting you know, Werewolf and DVDs as they come out, and new versions, and new posters, and fans have been very appreciative. Yeah, did, I, I know this is bad, I, I've said this, did you think that you're going to be sitting here like, man, this, yep, I'm going to be signing autographs. In 40 years, I'll see you in Hampton, Virginia. See you in 40 years, and we'll be like, yep, I'll be putting on American Werewolf London. Well, you get the crowd again, yeah, sir. Yeah, that's it. Thank you so, so very much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, can I get you to say, uh, watch yes. Group Therapy TV? Yeah. What is it? Group Therapy TV. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just. Hey, this is David Naughton. I hope you're watching Group Therapy TV. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Did you hear that? What was it? A coyote. There aren't any coyotes in England. What happened to them? Well, the police report said they were attacked by an escaped lunatic. Must have been a very powerful man. Jack and I were not attacked by a man. It's an animal. A wolf. Did he say a wolf? Yes, I believe he did. Get a good look at the man who attacked you. Doctor, my memory is fine. 
It's my sanity I'm beginning to worry about. You've never had bad dreams before? Well, sure, as a kid, but never so real, never so weird. I'm going to look into your eyes. My friend Jack was just here. Your dead friend, Jack. Hi, David. He told me that I will become a monster in two days. The supernatural, the power of darkness, it's all true. Please believe me. Believe what? That tomorrow night, beneath the full moon, I'll sprout hair and fangs and eat people? You'd be surprised what horrors a man is capable of. Are you all right now? I don't know. I'll let you know the next full moon. I'm a werewolf. You're going to change. You'll kill people. You'll become... I know. A monster. David, don't lose control! Your control? What control? David, I can help you. No, I'm not safe to be with. you got to stay away from me. Run! Everybody dies in it.